0: acts the second chapter let's get together what do you say have you ever been somewhere new <laughs> i mean uh you know a place where you didn't you didn't know a soul you know maybe it, it was a, you know a new job and you're the the new person there and or uh, you know a new school new move to a new city or, you know, even a new church, come to a new church and you don't know anyone. There's some different emotions and different feelings that usually accompany uh, that that type of experience. Um, I know uh, there's often a level of discomfort uh, sometimes with being the new guy in any given situation. Uh, I, I remember when our church was uh, much smaller when we had first begun. Uh, I mean, there was no new person that could walk in and be disguised. <laughs> I mean, you know, when you, when, the, when, the, when the crowd is really small, always the new person, you know, everyone just kind of notices them. And, uh, and you really got to respect people who will, who will walk in for the first time to a real small church because <laughs> there is no hiding going on. And uh, as things have grown, of course, hiding becomes easier these days. Uh, <laughs> has anyone ever been in those kind of situations? You walk in, you know what I'm talking about? Today you walk in and everyone looks at you. Who's that? What are they doing here? <laughs> um, I don't know what you're like, but uh, thinking about my own life, I, I very much enjoy uh, being alone at different times. But then I also uh, am very much a people person, and I enjoy and love being around people, uh, and I think, that's a, I think that's a good thing. Uh, I don't know, some people are more geared one towards the other. I mean, they can't stand to be alone very long, and, and they've got to find a crowd. They've got to find a group to be around, and others uh, might be a little more than on the other side, as they would prefer uh, to never be around other people. Um, I think there's some balance in the middle of this that, that could help. I, I've always been able to. You know, if I've gone into new, when I've gone into, not if, but when I've gone into new situations, I've always been able to, you know, pretty quickly and easily uh, make friends. And I've always had some good friends in my life, which I'm, I'm so thankful for that. Uh, I think in, in the lives of many people, most people, there is a desire to make relationships, to have relationships and to be uh, together, to be connected with others in their lives. And, uh, you know, virtually everyone is going to move in that direction at some point. They're going to, they're going to establish, you know, associations with others. I mean, it's interesting. You just, you just look at society. The majority of people, uh, you know, we congregate. Don't we you look at the cities and, and people get together and, and the, the vast populations. Why, do, why does everyone focus on one another in one small area? You know, there are great portions of our planet that are empty. And you know, they talk about overpopulation, getting an airplane for a while you know, and fly over mile after mile after mile after section after section of emptiness. There's a lot of space, but we all kind of get together, don't we? And uh, there's, some, there's something about the way we're created that God designed us to, to be that way. He really did. He, it's His plan that, that, that we not be uh, alone, although there alone times can be uh, of great value, but that we be together. Now, I don't think this, this, this desire is just a fleshly desire. It's not just a human thing, per se, that we want to have relationship, that we want to be connected with one another. But it is, it is a God thing, okay? Not just a flesh thing. It's a spiritual thing. It's a, it, I mean, the, the Lord is that way. We're not going to be alone for eternity. huh? We're going to be with Him and with each other forever. and like it. Yeah. Look with me over at the book of Acts. Like I said, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. Uh, this, this, this comes right after, uh, of course, the day of Pentecost was in Acts chapter 2. They were filled with the Spirit. Then immediately, of course, upon being filled with the Spirit, uh, what happened was uh, they went out and preached the gospel, and, 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 and there was a, a good response. That very first altar call, 3,000 people got saved. Praise God. The body of Christ is expanding rapidly on day one. Uh, and, and we want to pick up there, like I said, in verse 42, after the 3,000 got saved, it says, and they continued, everybody say continued, they continued. How many, how many understand this, that when a person receives the Lord, just like they did, just same, same works uh, in our lives as well. Now stop laughing at that, I don't need to move on. <laughs> Is that the thing that we begin at salvation needs to continue. See even though our salvation is complete, you know it 's not like you 're half saved, you know your legs are saved, your rest you know you 're completely when a person is born again, they get the full life of God, and all of God in their life at that very moment. but how many know at the same time it is wisdom and it is right. To continue. You see, you get on the path, but then you continue on the path. Even though I have the full righteousness of God in my spirit, which I am in Christ, uh, they, once they receive the Lord, it's not like I receive the Lord and then I continue on with my life the way it used to be. It's not like I'm going to go down a different path now. No, I've completely changed directions. All right? Uh, It's interesting when you study these things, you you recognize that... uh, the path or the decisions I make after that don't undo that commitment I made and that faith I expressed in the Lord as being my Savior. However, they do oftentimes reveal the the, the, the reality of that decision. I don't know if that makes sense. I'm not saved because I stay on the right path, but because I'm saved, I stay on the right path. Does, does, does that make sense? And so the, the, the step I took in making Jesus now the Lord and Savior of my life, I need to continue. That would be the right thing, the normal thing. That would be the God-designed thing. And what they did is they got saved, and then they continued doing certain things, which this Scripture mentions. It says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread... And in prayers, so immediately they had some practices in their life that became the norm. All right, before this day, none of this was going on. All right, they weren't involved in these things, but the moment they gave their life to the Lord, they took a new course, and these became the the new habits, if you will. Their their continued practices. I like the New International Version of this verse as well. It uses a different word. It, it reads. They devoted themselves, notice, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayer. Uh, they, they, this was a devotion that they made. They received the Lord, they were saved, they got baptized, and they devoted themselves to certain practices. And those practices produced uh, a really positive effect in enabling them to walk with God and, 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 and really change the world um, uh, by the power of God working through them and so they continued steadfastly now the, the main part of this verse I want to focus on and give attention to here today is not that they followed they stayed in the apostles doctrine that's a great message all by itself or the breaking of bread and in prayers all these kind of go together but the way, the one component I want to key in on is that they continued in fellowship, all right? They continued, they were, they were, they were devoted to this, they devoted themselves, and they continued in it, to what? fellowship oftentimes that's viewed as something that may not be very spiritual we think about prayer we think about the word i'm going to be a person of the word i'm going to be a person of prayer i'm going to be a holy ghost man you know uh, we think about the power we think about these things but this is not a carnal you know outworking or activity but it is a spiritual one okay fellowship is As defined by the early church here, by by the Word of God, is a spiritual and necessary activity for our continued growth and for the advancement of the Kingdom of God. All right. Now, a word in the in the Greek that's most frequently used, translated into our Bibles as fellowship. Let me give you some of those meanings. It means a sharing in common. Okay. It means partnership. It means participation. Uh, it, it, it's also translated in different parts of the New Testament as contribution or communion, distribution, and communication. All right? So hopefully we can get a bigger uh broader understanding and picture of what that word means, when they were devoted to this, they were committed to, they continued in, and they were, uh, they like I said, they were devoted to contribution, communion, distribution, partnership, participation, all right? They were, watch now, involved in each other's lives, not just we're going to worship the Lord kind of you know, in harmony, next to each other, but they actually were involved in each other's lives continually, and they saw it as such of of such great importance and high value that they continued in it and they devoted themselves to that okay I hope I'm getting the point across i i I know we, we can ask people you need to devote yourself to prayer, and whether people do it or not, they would at least agree. <laughs> I mean, most believers would say, yes, oh, yes, we need to pray without ceasing. Not that many do, but, you know, they would at least agree to the principle. Uh, but sometimes these connections, and I want to define and explain what that what that uh, that connection really is. Uh, but I don't know that everyone would be quick to say, hey, this is, the mo- this is one of the most important things you need to do in your life. This is one of the key components that you need to commit to and devote your life to that you have a fellowship with. ...with the rest of the body of Christ, okay? If you look a little bit further in this this uh, chapter, the next kind of things were going on. There were great signs and wonders happening, miracles, and they were sharing with each other... ...kind of like that word meant, even to the point that, you know, those who had need didn't have need... ...because those who had abundance would sell stuff and just make sure everybody was taken care of. And you can see a, a rich fellowship that was taking place in, in the early church. Skip down with me to verse 46... It reads, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple. Everybody say in the temple. And breaking bread from house to house. Say house to house. They ate their food with gladness. They were happy, weren't they? Yeah. They got together in the temple and they got together from house to house. The temple, of course, the Jewish temple. They didn't have church buildings back then yet. It takes a little while to build things up. And that happened eventually. But uh, they didn't have, they met in the temple and they met in homes. And they met all the time, by the way. They met frequently, da- daily. You know, maybe that'll happen again when persecution gets real strong. <laughs> you know, in our in our country right now, it's interesting. It's a, it's interesting, especially if you're on a if you're in in the pastoral side of ministry. It's interesting how things have really changed, even over the last couple of decades. How uh, it used to be that individuals who considered themselves committed to church, they'd go Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Anyone been around that? Know what I'm I'm talking about? And that was kind of a normal church deal. Now, uh, you know, it's by studies and different things. Most people consider themselves committed and totally dedicated to, uh, church, to the local church. If they go, you know, once or twice a month. And, uh, i don 't know what we're really ought to do about that, but it 's just the reality of where things are today, and uh, it makes things a little more challenging. Uh, however, you know things are where they are, and we just need to move forward in our personal lives and, and uh, but, but in in their day, things were a little bit different. they were getting together very frequently. Um, Uh, And they did with gladness, with simplicity of heart. Verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily uh, those who were being saved. So in the middle of all this activity of them devoting to uh, this continued participation of the apostles' doctrine of prayer, fellowship, breaking of bread. Uh, that people were getting saved by the droves. There was great power. Their needs were being met. There was a lot of really good things happening in the midst of the church. And, and so the early church, like I said, they placed high priority after salvation on the continued participation with other believers. It wasn't just now about Going to the same building uh you know once a week and and, and making sure to be faithful to their attendance it it, it wasn't uh and i don't mean to, this to sound legalistic in any way because i don't think it was with them it shouldn't be with us, but with them it was it was not just about that just coming once a week to be taught the word, but it was about sharing life, sharing their lives with others who had experienced uh, the life of God. Uh, the same way that they did, but let me say, let me clarify. Here's where this comes different. Uh, this is, should be defined differently than what we might have thought. They weren't just sharing life in the sense of, "Hey, uh, I like to fish. You like to fish. Tell me about your fish. I'll tell you about my fish." Right? Bigger than yours, of course, right? Uh, <laughs> It, was, it wasn't just about that kind of stuff, but what they really were focused on and what this revolved around was sharing new life, okay? Not just life, natural, earthly existence, but they had something in common, okay? Why would they devote themselves to fellowship if that was the same as what they had before the day they got saved. Meaning they probably fished the day before. Right? They probably did this different activities. They had those, some of those things in common already. But now that they had experienced a life change. Their sharing in common went to a whole nother level. Now they got together not just to talk about the size of fish they caught, wouldn't be anything wrong with that, but something far greater, more eternal and impacting. They had received life. ...from God. They had experienced a life change. Now they had a relationship with the Father... ...that would cause everything to be different. They saw through new glasses now. They, 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 they saw the world different. Their future. Everything changed. And that is what they shared with each other. Sometimes I think in our day... ...our, our quote, fellowship... ...is not much different than what it would be if we hadn't gotten saved. And we have limited the potential of what can start, what can be like a, you know, like you light a field on fire and it just goes. I mean, I drive by the way home, there's a little field and someone, they either burned the field intentionally or unintentionally, but what was probably unintentional was the melted fence, the vinyl fence. It's all, you know, it's a, I think that was it. Well, sometimes when you get a, fi- a good fire going, uh, it's hard to stop. Isn't that right? It's hard to contain it. And there is some potential, I mean, huge potential in the body of Christ for us to light things up. And it's hard to stop this thing now. I mean, it is roaring like a flame. And, uh, you know, we might burn some things unintentionally. In other words, get some people saved. <laughs> get some people fixed. We didn't even know we were out for them, but it just kind of got out of hand. Huh? I mean, our joy and our <laughs> excitement and our thrill level just went off the chart. and Man, it just accidentally spilled over on somebody else. And they accidentally ended up in heaven. <laughs> I think the term Christian fellowship uh, should be defined and distinguished from ...from the commonalities that we share in the world. Again, nothing wrong with that. That's fine. And it's not not talking about sin whatsoever. But I am talking about elevating our our relationship with each other... ...to share experiences that we have with the Lord. You see, we really are... ...and I think it would be good for us to be conscious of this... ...and remind ourselves again and again... ...but we really were changed... When we came to the Lord Jesus. I mean, it's a drastic spiritual and eternal change. If you're here and you haven't experienced that yet, get ready. It's going to knock your socks off. Uh, your ugly, dirty socks. <laughs> but we really were changed. I mean, the Bible really uh, defines us in many different ways. But w- one of the things it says is that we were darkness, but now we are light. How many know that's not kind of the same, but just a little bit better? It's completely different. Uh, You know, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says we are a new creation in Christ. One translation says we are a new species of being. I mean, we are completely different. So if I'm totally changed and I'm now light, I used to be darkness, but now I'm light, then my fellowship should be different. In other words, my sh- sharing in common, my participation and activity with other other people is based around that change and this new and ongoing relationship, huh? As opposed to, let, let's say it this way: when you were in the world, you probably had some fellowship. And depending on what your lifestyle was like, you might have had some you might have had some sharing in common with your drinking buddies, maybe your druggie friends you know I realize not all unbelievers did all those things and whatever but you gathered in groups because you did the same things, huh watched certain things participated in certain activities. And it was like everyone who did those things, they ended up finding each other. Right? Everyone gathered together. That's just kind of the way things work. But when a person gets saved, now there is a gravitation away from that. Not that we don't engage the world through relationships still. But we have a gravitation towards those who are also light. See, if I used to have darkness fellowship... Now, I need to have light fellowship. Hmm. Relationships change. The focus is different. And, uh, well, go with me over to 1 John. 1 John chapter 1, towards the end of the book. In, in 1 John 1, John is explaining this principle. Let's see what he had to say here. Let's begin verse 3. 1 John 1, 3. That which we have seen and heard... Stop for a moment. What's he talking about? Something that we aspire to? Something that we hope will be accomplished one day? Something that we dream of? No. He said that which we put it back that which we have seen and heard that which we him the apostles that which we have seen and heard is it important that believers see and hear things yeah he said that which we have seen and heard we declare to you why would you do that you're just bragging John, all this stuff. No, he said, we're telling you about it, that or so that you also may have fellowship with us. What do you mean fellowship? Meaning you can participate with us. Meaning you could have a sharing in common with us. If we don't tell you what we've seen, if we don't share with you what we've heard, if we don't tell you the things we know and about our experience and our relationship with God, then it's hard for us to hang out. It's difficult for us to be in relationship and fellowship with each other because this is who we are now. This is what defines us. We used to be darkness, but now we are light. We used to be lost, but we're saved, we're a new creation, we're joined with the Lord. And we've got to tell you about this. And we've got to tell you what He's done in us, and what we've seen, and what He's doing continually, what He's shown us. Because if we tell you about that, then we can talk. Then we can have a relationship. But outside of that, watch, you take away what we've seen and heard, then you also take away fellowship. It doesn't mean they couldn't talk about fishing or football or whatever they played back then, World Cup or something. <laughs> because Americans weren't here yet. Never mind. <laughs> uh, but that kind of stuff doesn't really matter. Someone said it matters to me. I like. It doesn't matter in comparison. It's not true, rich, spiritual, eternal, fulfilling, fellowship, connection with the body of Christ. We were never designed just to be you and the Lord, uh, me and the Lord alone. But we were connected to each other. And we've got to get our focus on things that matter. And that is what he has shown me. What I've seen, what I've heard, what I've experienced, I share that with you. And you share with me what you've seen, what you're doing, what's going on in your life. Why? So we're can we on the same page now. We're in agreement. We have unity. Where there is unity, there is power. There is demonstration. In the middle of that, someone might say, yeah, this is what I've seen or heard. And this is an area I haven't really gotten... My arms are around yet. I'm still, I'm dealing with this area. And the other person says, I was dealing with that area. And God helped me. And watch this. And people gain and benefit from each other. They learn from experiences and successes. And how one person prays and got an answer. Another person struggling. But we're together in this. And we help them out. God designed us to function this way. He said that you may also have fellowship with us and, our, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. He said that's what our fellowship is about. And if we don't talk about that, we don't really have anything in common. You say, what are you talking about? You know, we both go to the track together. Our, our kids play on the same team together. What do you mean we don't have anything in common? I mean we don't have anything in common. I mean anything that matters. You know what I mean by that? I don't take this as coming across like, like we should be uh, separating and distant and judgmental towards some. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. I'll talk with someone about their Little League game and everything else. And, but I'm talking about what really matters. I'm talking about rich, spiritual, eternal connection that we have with the Father and with each other. This is a family we have the father and we have siblings. That's each other. Amos three three reads: "Can two walk together unless they are agreed?" What's the answer to that? No, we can't walk together. What's our agreement? I think. I think church is a very unique environment, unique situation, because we have, right, even here today, so many of us would never know each other so many of us would not have anything in common i mean we have different natural earthly skills and interests and jobs and everything some of us we would like be even if we met each other we might be hey how's it going but we would never really connect we would never really have relationships right but something has happened that made us the same Something that that takes people from totally different backgrounds, totally different interests, different personality, different economic status, different this, that, and the other. All these things are different. But now we're both connected to the Father of light, to the Lord of glory. And now he talks to us and he talks to both of us and, and he moves in our lives and we pray and he does things. And guess what? I have something in common with people that before Jesus I would never have had anything in common. And I like it because it's way more important. It's far more powerful. Praise God. And so, uh, outside of shared experiences with God, there's no true Christian fellowship. It's just low-level human fellowship. Nothing wrong with it per se. It just falls far short of the potential that we have. Now, uh, the people of Acts chapter 2, they got saved... And immediately they started to talk about what God had done in their lives. In addition to what we're doing here now. Teaching, you know, prayer, uh, breaking of bread, so forth. But they got involved in one another's lives. They shared in common. They participated in spiritual things that they all had in common. All right? I think it's of some concern. It might be a, a spiritual thermometer uh, of our church, of uh, any, any individual's life, if all their conversation with other believers is all earthly. I don't mean it's sinful or wrong. I just mean it might be a gauge of where they are. And this is not to cast judgment But of self-diagnosis, what is your conversation like with other believers? Does it have spiritual stuff in it? What you have seen and heard, and what they have seen and heard. Everybody know what I'm talking about today? Okay, and this is an area that I think if it's lacking, we we can bring it up. We, we we can raise the bar in in this regard. Um, like I said, they placed a lot of attention on doing this very thing. Uh, would you would you devote yourself to fellowship? Would you devote? Would you make that commitment? Say, I'm already committed to the Lord. I'm not questioning that. If you say you are all for you. So I'm a prayer. Awesome. I hope you are. That's another message. We'll talk about it sometime, but pray, pray, pray. I'm a prayer. I worship the Lord every day of my life. Love to. But would you commit yourself to fellowship? To being engaged and connected to and have a sharing with the body of Christ, with other believers in particular, both for your benefit and their benefit. And what happens, like I said, we can establish a almost self-perpetuating lifestyle of spiritual activity. You see, if you're, if you're taking notes, write this down. What you talk about, you get more of. You, you find this throughout Scripture, and, you, and you'll see this in practice. You talk about something, you talk about it a lot, you start seeing it. You start recognizing it. You start experiencing it. What you talk about, here's another one. So what you talk about, you get more of also what you talk about, you give place to. You see what I'm talking saying here? There, there is the, the grace of God, the, the work of the spirit of God. He's wanting to do things in us continually. I'm convinced of this, always, every day, all the time. When I talk about it and give attention and, and, and to it, I'm not only getting more, I'm yielding to it. I'm giving place to that work where I could be unintentionally closing the door on some of the activity of God in my life just by being so naturally minded. Now watch. Did you write those two down? Now here's the other one. What you talk about and give place to, you expect. What we do is we build an anticipation An ongoing expectation for things to happen, for God to move, for His work to be established, for His power to flow. I'm expecting to hear another testimony. I'm expecting to hear another story. I'm expecting to have another story. I'm expecting to have something else to say. Why? Well, this becomes normal now. Every day something happens. Every day I magnify it, I blow it up, I publish it, I Facebook it, I share. It. I get together with other believers and we talk about it, and it gets bigger, it gets bigger, it gets bigger. Before you know it, the fence is burning down. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Someone said, uh, "Have asked why, why, why do we why do we see people have asked me from places that don't see much." They say, "Why do you have so many testimonies of healing?" At Life Church, I said, because we talk about it a lot. I mean, what else can you say? I mean, Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus was done 2,000 years ago. It included everybody. Some people don't ever talk about it. Some people don't talk about by His stripes they're healed. They talk about Job's boils. (laughs) Why are so many people sick in your church? That's all you talk about. (laughs) We talk about healing. Victory answered prayers and life and what happens we're conscious of it we expect it it's normal for us huh can we raise it up a little bit more oh yeah oh yeah got to got to do it too not going to back down not going to back off not going to slow down going to run run fast and run strong and move forward amen so what can we what can we share with each other what what can we fellowship with about well Like I said, what God has done for us, what we have learned, what we have benefited from and experienced in God. And uh, kind of where we're at right now, building up to something, okay? And what I want you to do, this would be my desire for every person here today. It's real simple right here, real simple right now. Talk about this. What do you mean talk about it? Talk about it. It means you have to be face-to-face with another person. I guess you can text it. It's not as good, but. (laughs) Talk about it. Talk about the subject. Talk about it at lunch. So I don't agree with all of it. Talk about it anyway. Huh? Talk about the things of God. Talk about uh, what, what I'm sharing with you. I want to spend some more time in the coming weeks talking about God's plan for us getting together. For this 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 divine connection, if you will, and uh, what should happen when we do? I believe there is the potential of much ministry right here. And don't define ministry as just wait. Hey, I don't. I'm not supposed to do what you're doing. No, that's that's just one small part. But much of God's flow and His grace and His power flowing through us to others. I think we can start a fire. Amen. Amen. Praise God. All right, pray with me today. Father, in Jesus' name, for your goodness and your mercy, we're so thankful for your spirit working in us and through us as individuals. Oh, we are so glad. And Lord, what you've done in us, you want to and desire to and will do in others also. Thank you, thank you for the grace of God teaching us to live godly and righteous, teaching us to live in your flow. Lord, I thank you for the relationships that have been established, for the connections, the divine encounters that we've already had. And I pray that they would increase and that and the, the depth of those relationships would increase more and more. You're leading us, I'm confident, and I believe this is so. You're leading us into great things to come. Thank you for working in us today. Thank you for stirring our hearts so we can see and Lord, we want to think like you do and not be bogged down by the the thoughts and ways and the the things of this world. We thank you for enlightening our minds and bringing things back to our attention and our remembrance. For this we give you all the thanks, all the praise. In Jesus' name.